Welcome to the OpenStack Israel podcast. I'm Shlomo Swidler, CEO of Orchestratus, on Tuesday, October 7th, 2014. Welcome to this episode of the OpenStack Israel podcast. My special guest on this episode is Martin Mikos, the head of cloud business at HP, former CEO of Eucalyptus Systems, and of MySQL fame as well. Welcome to the show, Martin. Thank you, Shlomo. How are you? I am pretty good, thank you. Lots of interesting things happening in this industry now, so it's a great, great place to be. Absolutely. Just last month, Eucalyptus was acquired by HP. That has a lot of people in the ecosystem wondering, what does it mean for Eucalyptus and its relationship to OpenStack? That's the big question I'd like to open up with. Right, great question. Uh, HP made a decision to go with OpenStack a couple of years ago, and and that decision holds even stronger today. So there's no change in that commitment or anything. And it was about the same time also at Eucalyptus that we zeroed in our focus on a very clear use case of Amazon-compatible clouds that are very easy to install and operate. And we we sort of put the product in a in, in a clear market space, which wasn't all of the market. And we decided about a year ago at Eucalyptus that over time we need to be in the OpenStack space um, as a technology to bring the best benefits to customers. So, so you know, irrespective of whether we had been acquired by HP or not, we would have been on that path, and we already were. We started integrating with OpenStack components, and we started looking at ways of, of making the two technologies uh, work together. Because at Eucalyptus, we, we saw that OpenStack was solving a different scope of problem and in a different way. And we were solving a much more narrowly focused pro- problem and in a different way. And we said, that means they are complementary. And not that they are completely complementary yet, and of course there's overlapping and alternative uh, approaches to things, but we, are very, we were very clear that, that Eucalyptus should be in the OpenStack ecosystem, and we were on such a path when, when HP came and asked us to, to join them. Okay, so you see Eucalyptus' efforts inside HP as being synergistic with, with OpenStack inside HP. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and 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 let me be clear here. We probably have technical people in the audience. It's not like we are concretely there yet. We have a very uh, clear roadmap for Eucalyptus, a very clear roadmap for Helion OpenStack. We are shipping software all the time. So it's not like we're bringing those together immediately. When you build serious infrastructure software and its distributed systems, the design phase is probably the most critical one. So, so we are. We have a clear ambition to do this, but we're not going to just rush into it. Uh, we have lots of, of customers who are running on that platform, and there are lots of, of customers on on OpenStack that are running on that platform. But but you should see that in the in the mindsets of us when we think about roadmap, uh, Helion will be a product based on OpenStack that will also be able to offer you unparalleled uh, Amazon compatibility in the future. And so that's the angle, that's the specific niche that Eucalyptus is trying to fill, unparalleled Amazon compatibility. What would you say is the larger vision uh, or the, the slightly different niche that OpenStack is aiming at? 
Well, OpenStack is not a niche. OpenStack is a, is a giant undertaking and a giant platform consists of, of many more components than Eucalyptus, is addressing many more use cases and being driven by many more companies. So, so it's the, the style of OpenStack is to be an all-encompassing platform for uh, private clouds and hybrid clouds and managed clouds. And when you, when you take that ambition, you have to divide it into independent projects. You have to drive them separately. You have to build a platform that's very open to customization and and variation. And that's the difference that Eucalyptus, at Eucalyptus we didn't do that. We said no, our customers, when you use Eucalyptus, you don't want to customize anything. The, the beauty of Eucalyptus is that you don't need to customize. And one of the beauties of OpenStack is that you can customize. And therefore, it, the, the use cases for OpenStack are much broader than for Eucalyptus. But it brings separate technical challenges, and that's why you can't, with the same technology, you can't build a self-reliant, easy-to-use, Amazon-compatible cloud and a giant customizable um, uh, thing like OpenStack. So that's why we think it makes sense that they are, they are different technologies, but they use the same primitives. We can use the same object store, we can use the same block store, and there will be other integration points like that uh, to make to make them coexist and co, you know, work in, in collaboration, as it were. It's interesting. I think there's something here that parallels the history of MySQL development, if, if I may, in that MySQL was always an open uh, piece of software, uh, and then uh, the InnoDB engine was added uh, by outside parties, allowing a very specific use case, uh, much more finer transactional row-based locking, for example, uh, that was a much more specific use case, uh, not, op not as open to customization because, in fact, it was uh, a closed-source product. And I think that's a very interesting parallel to what's happening in the OpenStack ecosystem with Eucalyptus, although Eucalyptus is open source as well. It's ah, that's, a, that's an interesting analogy. And, and you know, InnoDB was open source as well. Only in the very beginning was it not, but it quickly became open source and GPL. But you're right. Maybe there's an analogy there. So you mean that uh, Eucalyptus can be to OpenStack what InnoDB was to MySQL? Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. That's a new thought. Uh, it's an intriguing thought. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't think of it myself, although perhaps I should have been coming up with it. <laughs> you said that um, for critical distributed systems, uh, the design phase is most important. Would you characterize OpenStack as still being in the design phase? That is a, a great question, and, and as you and others will know, I've been unafraid of criticizing OpenStack where I think criticism is warranted. And I do think there was early mistakes in the OpenStack project. Um, I remember being on a, a panel in July of 2010 with one of the, the key OpenStack people back then, and I was arguing that building a private cloud platform is rocket science. And the OpenStack guy was saying, no, it's not rocket science. It's easy to do. and you know, you, you get a bunch of people together and you build it. Uh, I think it was a, actually a severe mistake by the OpenStack project back then to not spend more time on uh, design and architecture of the overall thing. They, they jumped into it, and now the, the project has been solving those issues afterwards. 
But of course, uh, to be fair, no software project is ever ideal. Uh, Eucalyptus made other mistakes. Eucalyptus had a fantastic architecture from the beginning. We had issues with usability and we had some issues with scalability that we solved afterwards. So no, no software product is ever ideal from the start. But I do think that it's a particular characteristic of distributed systems. And this is the first time we really are having distributed systems in the hands of, of everyone in all IT people and all developers in the world and distributed systems are just inherently they are they bring more power but they are much more difficult to to design correctly and you can sit there with tiny tiny issues that cause huge negative effects in in the product if they're not designed well so that's why I claim that in a distributed system the design phase is has heightened importance uh, whereas if you build a singular system, a single machine system like Linux is or MySQL, then sure, it still is very difficult to design it, but you don't have the, the complexity of distributed computing there. So what have you done at Eucalyptus and what do you look forward to doing uh, in your role at HP in order to help harness some of that complexity, uh, reduce it to ease the job of developing distributed systems? Uh, great question. So generally speaking, when a product is easy to use, it means it was very difficult to design. <clears throat> and we did that at MySQL. We put an inordinate amount of, of brain power and effort into making it simple for the user. And that was meant it was more difficult for the developers and the architects. And it's the same thing uh, with OpenStack and in the Helion group. Uh, what we have at HP, if you look at the, the cloud business unit, we have experts in distributed computing, whom we have hired from Microsoft, Rackspace, who have a background at Sun Microsystems and other really serious infrastructure companies. So we have some of the most experienced people who, who have seen the problems before. And then we have some very new kids, as it were, new uh, uh, people who are new to, who don't have that background, but who have grown up in the modern cloud-based DevOps world, agile development is, is uh, uh, comes natural to them. So, so by having s such a team, uh, we, we know that we can put that product in an amazing shape and make it easy for the developers to use and easy for the operators to administrate. But th those are hard, hard things. They don't happen overnight. It's, it's a lot of small stepwise improvements that you make and some, some important architectural uh, decisions along the way. Do you think that HP, before they acquired you, sat around thinking, wow, how can we get our hands on a bunch of great distributed systems programmers for our OpenStack efforts? I think there were lots of great things with Eucalyptus. You know, the team, the skills, the product, the customers. And in an ideal acquisition, the buyer gets much, much more than what they asked for. And the seller gets much bigger, bigger opportunities than they, what they asked for. And I think we have such, an, such a situation here that, that HP will have many benefits from the, what came in with Eucalyptus, but also the Eucalyptus thinking and the software and the product has new opportunities that we didn't have before. There's a tug of war going on here. Uh, if I may get a little bit closer to the technical level. Um, as you know, OpenStack is primarily written in Python and Eucalyptus is primarily written in Java. Um, who's going to win that tug of war when the two start to work together more closely? 
<laughs> uh, is that a tug of war? I don't think it's a tug of war. Meaning, uh, if you if you would take eucalyptus code and rewrite it in Python, then that's actually what OpenStack originally did. The Nova project in its early incarnations at NASA was a rewrite of eucalyptus in Python. Uh, back then, you could say there was a tug of war, but but today, I think it's it's clear that when you have distributed systems, you must modularize them. You must have APIs that work between them, and each module or project or whatever granularity view you have can be written in its own language. And actually, inside Eucalyptus, there's code written in C and there's code written in Python. Um, so, of course, uh, in technical circles, we always like to find a battle and sort of a religious divide or something. Um, but I look at it from a conceptual standpoint and from a design standpoint and say, when you have API-based communication between modules, nobody's asking in what uh, language each module was written. Does that mean, then, that the future of Eucalyptus is probably going to look something like a collection of microservices that you can plug into an OpenStack deployment to give you heightened AWS compatibility? Yes, there, there are multiple avenues that Eucalyptus can take. And one which we will not take is becoming a layer on top of OpenStack. That doesn't make sense. But I know that we've already tested. Eucalyptus can run inside uh, OpenStack if we want to. You could spin up Eucalyptus inside OpenStack, if that makes sense. You could use Eucalyptus for very uh, dedicated uh, tactical clouds that need to be unattended. You may have seen the backpack we produced last year. Last year, we built a complete private cloud inside a backpack with batteries, with wireless switch. You operate it from a, from a tablet or a smartphone. So we, we are showing, with the Eucalyptus technology, use cases that, that are only coming into cloud and, and where, where our the Eucalyptus design is ideal. So these are just a couple of the scenarios for, for Eucalyptus. But, but we really meant it when we said publicly that we haven't decided on the actual integration path yet. Although everybody would love to hear us having a, a very clear plan already, sometimes you have to hasten slowly. You have to say, let's not rush into this. Let's look at all the opportunities, find the best one, go after it. And actually, this is an invitation to all of you listening to this to reach out to me, tell me what we should, how we should think about uh, OpenStack and Eucalyptus together. Because it's, it's an open playing field, and there are many new use cases emerging where one or the other technology is more suitable. So that, to me, that's a delightful exercise that can take months. And it's probably will be 2015 before HP comes back out to the community and says, here's our architecture and plan for, for Eucalyptus going forward. Because until then, we're shipping you know, 4.1, 4.2 of Eucalyptus. We're shipping Helium OpenStack on a very uh, regimented and, and ambitious roadmap. So, so we're not touching those delivery milestones immediately. When you think about uh, the broader use cases that OpenStack is trying to support and is being massaged into supporting, do you see AWS compatibility being relevant in those spaces? For example, I'm thinking of the uh, telecom carrier world where NFV, network function virtualization, is the latest buzzword. That's a significant um, direction that OpenStack is being pulled to address. It's a good question. I think we don't know the answer. 
of course, specifically when you mention NFV, NFV and then Amazon compatible are orthogonal concepts. You can use either or or both or, or so. Uh, uh, when we when Eucalyptus got started, and I wasn't there at the time, but when it started, there was a belief that everything would need to be Amazon compatible in the future, and it hasn't. That hasn't happened yet. So maybe you know we, the jury is still out on how important it is. But it it's very clear in the Eucalyptus install base and with the key customers there, you know, F Secure, Nokia, a big retail company, just signed up. Uh, for them, it's very important that it's Amazon compatible. So there certainly is a, a great market for it. How big it will be in, in, as a proportion of the overall cloud market, I don't know. But the good news is that HP can supply all those needs. Come to us and you say, I need a giant customizable telecom carrier cloud with NFV and federation capabilities. And we say, <laughs> or they come and say, we need a uh, a tactical Amazon satellite here as an on-ramp or off-ramp for for AWS or for hybrid deployment, we can deliver that too. And and that's the, the power of the HP cloud uh, value proposition, that we are not being uh, dogmatic about principles. We are listening to customers and what they need, and that's what we're shipping. Martin, what was one of the toughest decisions that you had to make in your career shepherding uh, eucalyptus? That, that's a good question. The toughest decision was probably uh, two and a half years ago when we realized at eucalyptus that things were not going well. And, and I'm not saying talking about the external things. I think internally we had some major uh, issues to deal with. We had a product design that wasn't good enough. We didn't execute well enough and we were targeting the wrong sort of customers. So I had to sit down and say, guys, we've been doing this for a few years already, and it turns out it's not working. So I had to bring the group together, formulate a new plan, and with the new plan we needed different people. So we had people leave the organizations and others join. And that's painful because you have, you have hired people and brought them on board under a certain expectation, and when you have to go back and say, boys and girls, this expectation is not playing out and it's not working and we're changing it and as a result we will need we will need some people but other people we won't need. So that, that was painful and I, I didn't like doing it but of course I had to do it and, and we started seeing the results in 2014. Customers came back, they loved our story, uh, downloads grew, you know, the interest in Eucalyptus uh, uh, grew very significantly. Well, around when did you see start seeing competition from OpenStack trying to sell into organizations? A competition uh, is a difficult thing to, to describe in this market because when Eucalyptus came out for the first time in 2009, you could say we had no competition. You could also now in retrospect say we had no customers. We had the interest from every single company on the planet who was thinking about cloud, but they're all just experimenting and learning. Oh. And we mistook it for a market. And everybody told us it was a market, and the customers said it was a market. And I remember I visited a, a big bank back then, and they said, Martin, it's not a question of whether, it's a question of when and how soon. And, and that was a false statement. The customer told me a lie meaning they didn't go cloud for several years and maybe they still haven't done so. So 
So we thought we had a market, but it didn't exist. And then OpenStack came and garnered a lot of enthusiasm among vendors and users. And that, of course, took the attention uh, away from Eucalyptus. So yes, that was competition. But still, at that point, there still were not many customers. Uh -huh. we, now that we are seeing the, the markets really growing for true modern-day private clouds, and, and if you look at the install base of any product, be it OpenStack, CloudStack, VMware, Eucalyptus, it, it's not big numbers yet for anybody. I see a lot of customers looking for a place to get used to developing applications in the cloud, for the cloud, with the cloud. Um, and what they typically do is they set up a development and test environment uh, in the cloud somewhere, and they get their feet wet, and they start to see what kind of things improve as a result. Whether or not they move production over to the cloud is a different story. Quite a few different levels of executives need to be involved in that. Uh, Correct. Yeah, very, very true. And that was when I said we had the wrong strategy at Eucalyptus. We went back to the drawing board and said, let's focus on dev and test and CI, CD, continuous integration, continuous delivery. Uh, it's a small market, uh, or it, it's not small in terms of users, but they don't spend that much money on it. But it was absolutely the right place to start. And when we did that, people said, okay, I get it. No big deal. I'll, I'll start with my Eucalyptus Cloud. I don't need to have the whole CIO and CIO and his or her whole team deciding on this. It's a, it's a modern-day experiment, and we can do it step by step. And it started working wonderfully for Eucalyptus. But it felt like a difficult decision because we were essentially saying no to large enterprise clouds at the time. But the, the focusing truly helped, and it gave us some uh, fantastic customers. Martin, have you ever been to Israel? I have visited Israel once. Um, I worked for a database company, not MySQL, another one, and we were selling to um, Checkpoint. So I visited Checkpoint in Tel Aviv in 96, perhaps. Wow, almost 20 years ago. <laughs> yes, tell something about my age, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it tells, tells, tells me something about how much you're going to find it improved and different when you come back here. Uh, right, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I've been thinking about it. I'm planning it with some friends for some while. Of course, it takes time to find the real time. I would love to go to Jerusalem, and, and I'd like to see that place again. Well, I can give you a good excuse. Uh, I don't have an exact date yet, but coming up usually within a month of... Uh, the major OpenStack summits uh, is uh, another Israel event. We usually call it the OpenStack Israel event. We attract another international audience uh, here. That would be a great opportunity to uh, make it a business trip as well. That sounds like a good suggestion. I, I can't. I'm drinking from the fire hose now with HP. <laughs> half of this planet because HP has presence all over the place but but surely at some point I will also be able to stop in Israel and see Tel Aviv again and go to Jerusalem and and other whatever other places I should visit when you get a chance please do follow up you have an open invitation from the OpenStack Israel community thank you thank you OpenStack Israel community Martin thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today we look forward to, to uh, talking and seeing you perhaps sometime soon. Yes, thank you, Shlomo. It was a pleasure.
Thank you.